Yeah, let's see. <laughs> We're back. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing out there? Welcome to the Jab Root Podcast. Oh, yeah, I had a great weekend and stuff out there. I uh, didn't get a bonus little Friday episode out this week. Um, I don't want you guys to expect it. It's not going to be every week that I do a, a, a double episode thing, but um, I have the last few, so it was time to take a little bit of a break. Also, I was kind of uh, busy all week. I was out and about helping out my brother catching some animals and all that sort of shit. Don't know if you guys realize my, my brother is an animal guy. And, uh, you know, every now and then we get these jobs where we have to go and uh, trap all these um, animals. <coughs> Excuse me. All these animals before they clear an area for new land development and all that shit. So we uh, trap and relocate and try and save as many lives as we can. And uh, so, yeah, I was doing that all week. So it's just fucking early mornings and just... Hiking around the bush, fucking great times, always good to be out there and all that sort of shit. So that's that's what I was doing all week. And um, over the weekend, I went out on a boat. My father-in-law bought a new boat, so I fucking went for the maiden voyage and yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I've always fucking, I've always had a bit of a hatred in my heart towards boat people. Just because it's a fucking financial level that was well out of my family's league, right? You know, it's just boat people are weird people. There's a bit of a old boys club kind of snobbiness about it and all that sort of shit. Just always hated it. But then when you get on a boat, you, you, you start understanding it. You do start thinking you're better than everyone else, you know? It's weird. It's infectious. But um, I don't know. It was a lot of fun and i got to get used to um, driving and sailing this boat because it's a bit of a fucking mission. I don't think it's a, a one-man job. Because it's a sailboat, you know? It's a completely different completely different ball game to just, you know, just driving some powered thing and just guzzling fuel. This is this is a sailboat. Sailing's a, a whole new art form or whatever. Never thought I would ever get into it, but shit, here we are. Got access to a boat, so I might as well learn how to fucking uh, drive it so I can use it, right? Anyway, so yeah, weekend's been fine. It's fucking... The weather was great over the weekend, and... Uh, for some reason today, it's just been pissing down with rain, fucking stormy, wet, windy, disgusting. Um, so if you hear all that shit in the background, you know where it's coming from. I've survived the winter this fucking long doing this podcast outside. I'm, I'm not packing it inside now, right? Because in a month's time, it's going to be fucking 40 degrees and I'm going to be sweating my balls off. Ah, I got to have it outside, right? Anyway, what have you guys been uh, getting up to? Over the last week, you've been having fun. You've been, uh, you know, getting out of lockdown. I think it's Freedom Day in New South Wales today, which means that the lockdowns are kind of easing or whatever. They've just kind of given up, right? So yeah, it's here to stay. Fuck it. Let's just move on with our lives, right? And there's lessons to be learned from that. We'll see what happens in the future, hey guys. But yeah. It's been a fun fucking little uh, little week. Kind of been relaxing, but I've had to get up early and stuff to go out in the bush and all that sort of shit. So I've been having early nights and just chilling out, watching movies with the wife. And she made a weird comment to me. Not a weird comment. It's a normal comment. But she, she made a comment to me a little while ago um, that I ne- never finish a movie series that I start. So like, say if we, all right, let's, let's watch the Back to the Future movies or whatever. Watch the first one, second one will fall asleep halfway through, the third one will chuck on and sleep through the whole thing, and then it's done. So we never really 
really watch it, right? And we've tried in the past to get, um, to get through the Harry Potter series, and she's always fucking annoyed with me because towards the end, when it starts getting a little bit chaos, I just don't give a shit, and maybe the last few movies of the season or the series or whatever, we just don't get around to watching because fuck it, kind of know how it ends up or whatever. Now, I'm going to get into this a bit because Harry, Harry Potter was, uh, the first movie was on TV the other night and we watched it. And with that comment fresh in my mind, I was like, fuck it, we're committed now, let's watch this fucking series. It's been a little while, right? I've watched them all before, I'm sure, at some point in my life. You know, I was a Harry Potter fan, um, way before the movies and all that sort of shit, right? Uh, I grew up in that sort of 90s, sort of reading books, loving it sort of shit, right? All my Harry Potter books that I have are fucking all first editions and... And all that shit. Uh, I was into it way before it took off into the mainstream. And although they're first editions, they're fucking Australian first editions. So they're worthless, pretty much, right? But anyway, I was like, we'll, we'll give this one a chance. We'll, we'll fucking go through it again. And I remember loving those movies when they came out. It was, it was really cool. Like, I'm, I'm a nostalgia junkie, right? I like that sort of shit. But watching them now, I don't know. There's so much wrong with those fucking books or movies or whatever like it's just the whole universe just fucking breaks down and you know like I'm a bit of a, a bit of a cunt when it comes to uh, movies when they, they set their own rules and then break them you know what I mean and I just it just it fucks up um, the verisimilitude of the whole thing right Jesus Christ where did that word come from dug that one out of the trenches verisimilitude right but what I'm talking about is like the, the internal truth of the fucking story they're trying to tell and like sometimes when i'm watching these movies like yeah the first one fine cool and then you start gathering little uh bits of the puzzle that's unfolding in this whole harry potter series and you're like wait a fucking minute you're really testing my suspension of disbelief here right and i don't know like i, I like understanding what the character's motives are and what's going on and how everything works like this this applies to any movie series or any single movie, I guess, as well, right? Or any story someone's trying to tell. And fucking... In Harry Potter, like, I have no idea what, like, the main bad guy, Voldemort, I have no idea what his fucking motives are. And I have no idea of his character development. And I have no idea what the hell really went wrong in the past and all that sort of shit. So, if you know nothing about Harry Potter, he's a kid that fucking... Some, by some fluke of nature fucking was able to destroy this dark evil wizard when he was an infant um for some reason and now this dark lord that was like fucking hitler back in the day is slowly trying to come back right and we've made it through the like the like four or five movies so far in this series in the last week or so and every time i watch a new one i'm like fucking hell they keep making it worse and worse for themselves. Like, I have no idea how this shit works. So, fucking Voldemort's crazy, right? No one knows what the hell his motives are. He seems like a pretty cool guy, but, you know, a bit of a dick. Like, you know, he's got this huge revenge plot against Harry for some reason. Even though, like, Harry was literally an infant when all that shit happened. So, for a fully grown adult to hold a grudge against an infant is pretty fucking weird to start off with, right? And, and also, like, throughout the whole fucking movie, they're talking about, um, or all of the movies, not just any particular one, they're talking about fucking 
how like you can't let non-magical people see magic. They are, they're hiding this whole magical world from the muggles, all right? Or the non-magical folk, yeah? Cool. But what, whatever darkness this Voldemort guy did in the past, somehow he still didn't break that rule because normal humans still don't believe in magic or know that it exists. So he can't have been that dark if literally most of the world had no idea he even existed, right? So that's pretty fucking weird. And with them trying to protect all these muggles from seeing magical shit, they put their entrance to get to Hogwarts in the busiest fucking train station in, in London, and they have to run through a wall. And there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of kids that have to get on this train, and for, and for some reason, that's fine. But you do one spell in front of one fucking muggle, you can get arrested. But walking through a wall in the middle of the busiest place in London is fine. That's what they set up. Like, it just fucking is weird. It's just like, all right, I don't, okay, I'll, I'll let that slip. I'll let that one slip. But then you get to the fucking third movie of the series called The, what, the Prisoner of um, fucking Alakazam or some shit, right? So, <laughs> I know it's not Alakazam, but that's a funny thing to say. Anyway, uh, and then all of a sudden they introduce time travel into the whole scenario there. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah? Like, if there was time travel in the Wizarding World, why didn't they just go back in time and, and fuck this Voldemort guy up, right? Before he became a threat. No, they don't decide to use their time travel abilities for that. Instead, they trust a fucking... A little schoolgirl to use time travel just to fit in a few extra classes, right? That's what that's what that's what time travel is used for in in the Harry Potter universe, not actually fixing problems, right? Although they fix a the problem at the end of that fucking movie, but it's silly. Why couldn't they have fixed the whole point of the movie, right? I understand if they had done that, the movie wouldn't exist, but like. My suspension of disbelief, guys. I'm just like, why the fuck? That just, ah, oh, shit, I watched all of this and then they just go back in time and fix it all? Ah, oh, fine. It's fucking such a hack job. I fucking, yeah, ugh. Don't like it. And so the other night we were watching the, the fourth movie, right? The Goblet of Fire. And in this fucking movie, um, all these wizards are competing for some um, bullshit trophy for some reason from all these different schools. And there's this guy, an evil guy, who's disguised himself as a good guy and he's working at Hogwarts, right? He's working at the school that Harry's at and he's got heaps of interaction. He's kind of built up Harry's trust over this whole time. And then you find out at the end of the movie that he kind of staged the whole thing. And his goal was to basically get Harry transported into this graveyard so that um, this big, dark, evil cunt Voldemort could come back from the dead, Right. That was his main goal, just to make Harry get to this graveyard, right? That's it. And he does it using a thing called a port key, which could be any object, and when you touch it, it transports you to somewhere else, right? And so he decides the best way to do it is to make the cup that you win for this massive fucking tournament the port key, right? And so he rigs everything. He rigs fucking everything so that Harry's won in the tournament, which he wasn't supposed to be in. Uh, gets the information to pass all the tasks successfully and make it to the finish line and then he also fucks up one of the contenders so that Harry's definitely going to win this thing. 
just so he can run through this maze, touch this cup, and be transported to a fucking silly graveyard somewhere, right? Why? If a port key could be any fucking object, why didn't he just ask Harry one time earlier in the movie, hey, can you pass me that pen? Ha, sucker. Now you're with Voldemort, right? So the whole movie shouldn't have happened because it's just fucking retarded. And I'm guessing that's why I tap out of these series as as I go in because the, the, the more info they start chucking into their own system, the more it breaks their own system and everyone seems fine with it. And it fucking annoys me. And I just, I'm, I'm just one of those cunts, guys. I just, I, just, uh, I just question what they're doing and why the fuck they're doing it. And it, it just makes no sense to me. Um, these people are supposed to be intelligent, but then everything that they do is dumb, right? And I can absolutely just, like, grant them, like, holy shit, like, oh, maybe they just didn't realize they could use it this way, right? But then... We're taking away all of their intelligence that makes them somewhat foreboding or like worth paying attention to. You know what I mean? Something like that. I don't fucking know. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Harry Potter fan like from, from the old days, but I'm tapping out. I'm wearing a fucking Slytherin scarf as we speak, guys, but shit. I think I've got to tap out on it. It's, uh, it's silly. It's fucking silly. Everyone just seems to break their own rules, and I don't know how hard it is to write a fucking movie that's just internally consistent and doesn't fuck with its own verisimilitude, but they do, right? Everyone seems to fuck it up. I'd like to... What do you guys think? What is, like, a good movie series that just obeys its own rules? You know what I mean? And doesn't break them, because, like, you look at The Matrix, and they, they break their own fucking rules. It just doesn't make any sense if you really think about it, right? Oh, Neo's supposed to be the one. What are the rules to be the one? You have to be born inside the Matrix. Shit, he wasn't. So he can't be the one. They set those rules, right? And then try to get us to believe that... The, the, uh, whatever. We'll get into the Matrix in another, in another episode, I guess. But uh, whatever. There's been plenty of new music going on. Hope you've had a chance to check out some things. I know last episode, I, um, I was talking about the... Um, uh, the, the album um, This Place Will Become Your Tomb by Sleep Token and I was like ah oh, shit I, I'm gonna listen to this album again fucking hell guys I've been listening to this album tons and so I wanna give a bigger fucking breakdown of this album just of how cool it is because if you didn't take my advice last time it sh- you fucking should this time because it's a really really cool album and it's excited me in so many fucking ways guys um, and I, it's hard for me to really try and articulate why I'm so excited about this album and this band. And I think it's got something to do with like my love for like prog rock and things that are a bit more experimental and, and fringy, right? I love that stuff. I love risk taking. I love all that shit. But I also fucking love a catchy song, right? And for a long time, we've got these like bands that are like pushing boundaries, musically speaking, but it still just sounds like trash, right? Like fucking, you can get the best musicians in the world that are really great at their craft, like AKA like a fucking dream theater sort of style band, right? But yet for the life of them, they can't write a fucking good song. I don't know why, but they just can't. It just seems like a clusterfuck of nonsense, right? 
I listen to some of the new Dream Theater stuff and it's a clusterfuck of nonsense, right? But this band, Sleep Token, they've taken like, it's, 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 to me, it feels like prog rock has finally learned the value of a pop hook. You know what I mean? And that does not take away from the prog rock elements of it. It just adds to it because fucking catchy is catchy, hooky is hooky. You can't deny those things. Great melody writing is fucking uh, the main thing that stands the fucking test of time, right? And if you don't think that's true, think about the song fucking Bohemian Rhapsody, right? We all know it. That's a prog song. That is a prog rock song. That's all over the fucking shop, musically speaking, right? But Freddie Mercury could get hooks all the way fucking through it. And so however many fucking years later, we're still talking about how good that fucking song is. It's because it was a perfect marriage between pop elements and prog elements, right? Something like that. And so the new Sleep Token album. Let's uh, get into it a bit. I wrote a few notes here, guys, and I don't want to go through everything, but I am going to try and splice in some little tastes of the, the album here and there in, um, in this little overview. But like this album, it not only is marrying those two things that I mentioned, the, the, the prog rock side and the, and the pop side, melody-wise, right? It's not just that. There's also elements of all kinds of genres of music. And what's so genius about this album is that they make sense as an album you know what i mean so you can have a song that's like literally on the other end of a, a heavy spectrum to others to like literally the the song that came before it in the album yet it makes sense there's some coherent glue that fucking binds this whole album and it's all to do with this guy's singing it's fucking amazing this guy is an incredible vocalist and no one really knows who it is I know there's been some speculation. They think they found out who the singer from Sleep Token is, but what do they call him? Vessel or something like that? Whatever. I'm not going to get into that too much. Maybe at another time or whatever. Anyway, this song, oh, sorry, not song. This album starts out uh, with a song called Atlantic, and it's kind of like a bit of a soft piano at the start. It's got a bit of driving rock sort of stuff towards the end. It gives you a good little... It's not, it doesn't act as an overture for the album or anything like that. It just gives you a taste of how cool this guy's singing can be, how heavy they can get, and how light they can get, and how mature they sound. It's a mature fucking song. And then you get to the second song of the album, and it gets heavy. It gets real heavy. It gets fucking genty heavy, right? And I fucking love it. And so, so li listen to this. Like, ch check this little chunk out, right? I'm going to chuck it in right now. See what I mean? It's pretty genty heavy. It's pretty fucking cool. And then you get to the next song of the album, and it's a song called Mine, and it's just like this beautiful piece. It's pleasant. It's kind of poppy. It's got those hooks all the way through it. Then you get to the next song. It's called Like That, and it's got electro beats all through it. So it's almost got like a, I don't want to say massive attacky vibe, because it's electro in a bit of a different twisted sense to that. But um, you know what I mean? It's got those tones to it. That doesn't really fit with everything else, but it definitely makes sense. And then you get to the song after that, and it's called The Love You Want. And by the way, I'll make a quick little interjecture here. It's so cool that 
as as dark a band as this is, like you see them live, they're all wearing masks and fucking they're in the black robes and and like it looks looks demonic, looks evil, looks fucking hard. But these are all love songs, right? This album is just full of beautiful love songs, which is again just plays to their maturity and and uh, and how cool you can make these different themes. You don't have to talk about the devil to make a heavy song, right? And it, so you get to this, uh, the next track, the, uh, the Love You Want. And uh, guys, it could be, <laughs> this is like a fucking hell anthemic song that could be on like Kanye West's new Donder album, right? Like Kanye West probably wishes he wrote a song like this. Because it's fucking catchy as shit. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. See what I mean? Like it's it's epic anthem sort of music, right? It's it's stadium rock-ish. I mean, it gets rockier towards the end of it. I'm not going to give you any like big spoilers in any of these little teaser things, right? Just let you know that this is a kind of range that's going on in this fucking album because the next song after that, Fall for Me, is just fucking all a cappella, and it's like done in a way where like there's a bass line that follows the melodies, like the main melodies, but the harmonies are just done in such like they sound auto-tuned. They could be auto-tuned, right? Because they kind of sound like a, a robotic piece, but they're just so gelled together. It's just interesting. It's a fucking beautiful song. And then the next track is called Alkaline, and it might be my favorite track of the entire album, um, simply because of the lyrics. The lyrics are just fucking gorgeous. Fucking, um, It gets repeated quite a bit, but it, uh, here's a, a heavier part of it. Just listen to this. fucking love those lyrics man she's perfectly misaligned jesus that's a cool line there's so many cool lines in this album guys the next couple of songs you've got distraction next and it's like a piano ballad that gets heavy like it's all over the shop but then you get this song called descending which is just fucking electro coolness um just creative as fuck like this is this is i, I can't even pin down what genre this song would be but like this is a song descending. Just have a little listen to it again. Fucking, I'll chuck this one in as well. Like, yeah, listen to it and see what, what genre you think this would be.
genre-wise, I have no idea either. It's fucking just cool. And then you've got a couple of wicked songs that are just like slow, heavy, and then like an indie, rocky kind of song. It's just a fucking masterpiece of an album, guys. I, I love this album. And what's so insane about it, you know how I showed you some things that are super heavy? This is definitely a dark, heavy band with like there's all this maturity and all this fucking influence from all over the shop. The last track of the album um, called, what's it called? I wrote it down. Missing Limbs. Listen to this, guys. It's, it, it's a fucking Ed Sheeran song. Just to let me know Nowadays the outer realms of heaven don't Keep up on the charm offensive anymore Failing to remind you what you're living for Not give anything See what I mean? Like, the balls it takes to finish off an album like this with a song like that is just impressive to me. I fucking love this album and I love their musical choices and even though I've given you like a Whitman sampler fucking package of just a whole bunch of shit from this album, you can see the diversity already, right? Actually go out there and listen to this album, guys, because it will give you way more, way more. It's such a cool fucking album. I'm obsessed with this album. I haven't been impressed um, with an album like, like this uh, for a very long time. And I, I don't know, I'm going to put a lot more thought into why it's tickling my fancy the way it's tickling it, because it's right up there, right up in the middle of my fancy, giving it a good stroking. And I'm giggling from it. It's tickling the shit out of my fancy. Love this fucking album, guys. So if you haven't already checked out um, the album uh, by Sleep Token, it's called uh, This Place Will Become Your Tomb. Uh, it came out a few weeks ago, and it's a fucking masterpiece in my eyes, guys. But, you know, we'll, we can chat more about it. If anyone else is massive fans of this uh, album or anything, hit me up. We can chat about it because I fucking love this. I was going to get Curtis on to cream over it as well, but, uh, you know, he's a busy man as well. Uh, just is what it is. But there was some other new music coming out this uh, this week uh, that I checked out. I was actually going to talk about it uh, on a bonus episode on Friday, but that never happened or whatever. That's actually one of the reasons I didn't do an episode on Friday is because there was new albums out. I was like, oh, I got to take some time and get my head around these. So let's talk about them now. There's just a couple more, guys, because I know I kind of went on a little bit too long about Sleep Token. But um, she had... Do you guys, if you're, if you're Australian or into New Zealand rock and stuff like that, um, remember the band She Had? They were like a, I don't know, a bit of a thrashy rock, metal rock. I wouldn't say metal, but like a rocky-ish sort of band. They were pretty big in the late 90s, early 2000s or whatever. In fact, I, re I remember them changing their name. They changed their name to Pacifier in like 2001 or two, And, and they, they left it as Pacifier for a couple of years because, you know, 2002... Everyone, you know, she had sounds a bit like jihad, right? And so they didn't want to be associated with terrorists, so they changed their name for a little while. But they're back being associated with uh, terrorists. And uh, they've got a new album out called Old Gods. And it's, uh, it's a fun fucking album, guys. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out as well. It's, I mean, coming off the back of talking about Sleep Token, I can't talk about this band being anywhere near in the category of a um, matureness maturity matureness fucking maturity whatever i'm a retard um it, 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 but it's fun it's a fun album it's kind of uh heavy riffy it's very riffy 
and they're cool riffs and it sounds cool but it's like it's kind of like it's like pub rock with like a heavier bent to it you know what i mean right it's you know you can definitely imagine yourself rocking out to just some local band playing this sort of music it's ah that sounds offensive to them but you you know what i mean it's like uh pub metal we'll call it that right so it's not kind of it's not quite thrash it's not too um difficult listening but it's cool, and it's definitely riffy, and definitely check it out. And the last album we should talk about for today. Because um, I've been predicting it. I knew James Blake was going to bring out an album, and he finally did. And then we had, we had talked about some of the singles that came out of that album in previous episodes that you're more than welcome to go check out yourselves. And the album is fine. Fine. Uh, I think you guys know what that means. It means i'm a little disappointed but it there's there's nothing wrong with it but just didn't really do it for me you know like james blake i i loved his fucking creativity um like the overgrown album that he bought out many many years ago uh was awesome to me there was some great musical choices his orchestrations were amazing his production sounds that he used were I'd never heard anything like it before. They were unique. They were really, really cool. And his singing, fucking phenomenal. And in this new album, his singing is also phenomenal. Shit, this guy's got some pipes on him, right? Fucking amazing singing. But it, it doesn't... I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere that I didn't expect it to go once the songs had started. You know what I mean? So a song starts and you, as you've listened to the first 20 seconds of a song and that's, that's all that that song's going to offer you. It kind of feels like that. And you know what's also weird about it? I mean, it's got a couple of feature tracks, right? So there's other artists singing on this track. It's kind of weird having other vocalists feature on your album when you are by far the superior vocalist. You know what I mean? James Blake is by far a superior vocalist to everybody he features on this. And so all their, their tracks kind of, kind of, I don't know, they kind of take away something from what could be a little more beautiful. Maybe. Something like that. That's just my opinion of it. And it's, it's also kind of a weird, um, like a gender role thing. Like there's one song in there that's got some, um, some rap verses going over it done by, a, done by a female. Like a female rapper rapping over it and he's, he's you know, belting out in the choruses which is like the opposite of what you used to get you used to get like the females doing the soaring vocals for a chorus and then you'd have jay-z or some shit um i'm obviously thinking in my mind uh fucking alicia keys empire state of mind that's that's all, that sort of template remember that template how you'd have just some dude doing some obnoxious um verse and then you'd have a wicked ass chorus and it'd be a powerhouse song right it's kind of the opposite now you got a, a female doing the kind of redundant shithouse verse and then you've got James Blake taking over for a chorus and it's it's definitely not Alicia Keys catchy that's for sure but oh whatever I love James Blake he's a great fucking singer and you know what like I think I'll end this episode with um a performance of his and one of the things that really got me into him um I remember seeing this pretty much when it first came out uh which was like I think like 2013 so here we go I'll finish off this episode this way I know I've been ranting and raving a little bit. I'll probably get you guys a little uh, bonus episode on Friday. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. 
weather pending or whatever the fuck you, uh, you say about that sort of shit. Uh, anyway, this is um, James Blake on uh, David Letterman in 2013 uh, playing Retrograde. And it was sick. The way he could loop his voice and get it all going. Just, ah, uh, fuck him. I really enjoyed this performance and it made me respect the shit out of James Blake. And I still do. But this album's a, a bit of a snoozer. But still check it out. Let me know what you think, guys. You know how to hit me up. Scott at thejamroom.com.au. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. All that stuff will be in the description of this podcast. Get involved, folks. Let's have some fun out here. And remember, hit me up with your suggestions of uh, new music and shit that I should check out. And I certainly will. Have a great week, guys. Be good to each other. This is the Jam Room Podcast. And this is James Blake playing Retrograde. That's show business, right? Your show must go on. Next guest, uh, an acclaimed young British musician whose uh, new album is entitled Overgrown. There it is right there. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome James Blake. Take it away, guys.
Nice job. Nice job.